good news, everyone! I've just downloaded a new episode of the Opinions Are Cheap podcast. Oh, yes. But, Professor, aren't podcasts illegal ever since that incident where the pod people invaded from the pod planet? Why, yes, which is why I had to download it off of the dark web while picking up some groceries. That's great, Professor. What is this episode about? Why, this is the episode where Cameron and Chad review the classical 2022 film Morbius. Wow, Professor, you know how hot and bothered Morbius and Cameron and Chad make me. I'm going to remove my tank top and sports bra slowly now. Now keep your shirt on, woman. There'll be plenty of time for that after the show. I've been practicing my professor voice. I haven't been practicing my Leela voice, which is why you got whatever I that keep... was. <laughs> I keep doing this, like, while I'm driving, I'll just, like, start shouting, Good news, everyone! And, like, improv by myself. And I think... The professor's like the best voice I can do because like I've been trying Zoidberg and I can't do it, and I tried Hermes and I can't do it. Um, I don't want to try still, Hermes. Like, I'll improv the the dialogue. My my worry about trying Hermes is that I might sound racist. <laughs> there's like a there's a weird there's a weird line because I feel like his accent isn't actually that thick. No. But if you try to like inject just a little bit of it, it sounds less genuine. Like there's a there's a there's an art to reading lines like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm not I'm not a voice actor at all. Um, did you ever? Did you you heard the 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 completed thing we did for that that game jam game, right? Um, what? That that game jam game me and my brother did that music one where I had you read some lines. I sent you that, correct? No, I still haven't seen it. Oh, Joe sent you the pictures over Steam. I haven't gotten anything on Steam. Okay, I'll have to bother him and have him like send him again. Um Okay, so it looks like the messages are here on Steam and I was just never notified. So that's Oh, that's cool. fun. That's a good feature, oh, Steam. Thank you. Thank you, Steam, for having our backs. You butt cracks. Uh I like these characters. They look like animes. Yeah, we had we had fun. Um, I had no. It's an amazing. Uh, we were thinking because the whole the whole point not to get like super distracted on something stupid, but like so we made the one song for this game, but we want to make some more and maybe make like an EP. And I'm thinking, well, if we do that, we should put our intro is like the intro to the EP, and so it's track one will be that, and then it'll jump into the song we made, and then it'll go on to the songs we have not written yet. But I've actually started on one this week, which has been fun. Um. So that could be fun. You might you might be in an EP as a voice actor, Cameron. That would be fun. Can you um can you send me that final cut of the audio too? Yes. Also, while I'm remembering, uh, Joe would like us to do some death sounds because those aren't in the game yet. Okay, I'll need the uh, I'll need that cut so I know which version I went with because I think I, I sent you like twelve different versions of the character. Yeah, I'll have to. God, what did I even do with that? I, and I don't remember which version you went with, because, like, the point was generic anime villain. So it's like, I'll do all 12 archetypes of generic anime villain. <laughs> right. So, we're talking about generic villains. Uh, this week, I wanted to talk about Morbius. Yeah! You mean, you mean the greatest movie that ever came out? 
I don't like labels, so I hesitate to agree with you, but I literally can't refute it. I know, right? I was like, I, I so okay. This this came out like two weeks ago. Last night, I literally woke up at like midnight, and like my first thought was, "Well, it's Morbin time." Like it's still with me. I love I love that the that's like his catchphrase because it, it kind of just sums up like the the whole thesis of the movie, right? Like you find yourself and you realize that you all along inside were Morb, and now it's Morbin time. It's. It's something that Marvel does better than DC, too, because, like, with Superman, it's, like, Superman, champion of truth, justice, and the American way, and it's, like, what a fucking word salad, like... I know, all you, of those things to, are dumb. You need something that goes on a shirt, like, a bumper sticker. You gotta, you gotta... Yeah. You gotta snap it out real quick right before you punch the bad guy or something. I could have done with a little less of, uh, the, the Monster Energy product placement in the movie... But he's he is his own monster. I you know you got like, me there. I didn't even think about it that way. That it could also. I mean, I, excessive, I guess. But I mean, it it wouldn't be the same without it present, right? Sure. Yeah, I yeah, don't. Yeah, I, um, guess. I I don't. Okay, I'm not a big Jared Leto fan. No, but it's I mean, kind of cool because Jared Leto's not in the movie. He just he becomes Morbius. Like it's the first time he's been an actor in his whole career. Well, and, and it's funny, right? Because he's always about that method acting. And so, like, it actually it's like, sure, off, whatever. Like... He, I mean, it sounds so pretentious normally, but then you see it in this, and you're like, oh, this is a real form of acting, and anyone who says otherwise clearly has not seen Morbius. I do method acting um, on VR chat. And, like, that's why I'm funny all the time, is because I believe I'm SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. So I know it works. You're a very convincing SpongeBob. I'm not, but I'm, I am trying. I'm yeah, I'm learning from the greats. Oh, yeah. Um, hey Chad. Yes. Did you see Morbius? No. I didn't either. I don't even think we were convincing, but that was fun to pretend. I know. So <laughs> I, a, a spoiler alert for my glad space. I've been getting a kick out of these Morbius memes like all week long. And like I, and it's like bled into everything. Like uh I, <clears throat> I got my dad in on it too, and I don't think oh, yeah. my mom understands or appreciates it because it's just—it's a bad movie. Why is it funny? And it's like, no, 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 you don't get it. It's Morbin time, and my dad will start laughing. And I, there was something. Oh, so the uh, Star Wars celebrations this week, but they announced a couple things that weren't Star Wars, and one of them was the new Willow series coming to Disney Plus this year. And I'm a big Willow fan. My dad is too. I think my mom likes Willow. And so it's like, oh, they released a Willow trailer. So let's look it up. And my mom looks it up on YouTube. So like Willow trailer. And the top two results were the original movie trailer and then the trailer for the new series. And what was funny was the one from the 80s. It's got like greens and golds and it's like painterly like 80s movie posters used to be. The the thumbnail rather. And the thumbnail for the series it's all like black and the text is black with like a green shininess over it. So it looks all mysterious. And my mom looks at these two thumbnails and she's like, Oh, which one is the new one? The the gold one or the dark one? And I said, No, of course the, the dark one's the new one. That's why they use the Morbius colors, because Morbius changed the industry. And my dad can't stop laughing. <laughs> and she rolls her eyes and we didn't watch the trailer, like we had to like come back to it later. 
That's wonderful. It's funny. I don't know who Willow is. So when you say Willow, I immediately think of Willow Smith. Uh, oh, who's you doing didn't see Willow? Um, think like a generic uh, Hobbit style adventure where like a little, uh, a magical little elf person uh, is the underdog that saves the day. I'm watching the trailer. I don't have to watch the whole thing, but like, I literally don't know what this is. Yeah, Warwick Davis. I think it's his best role. Um, I know people like him because he was in Star Wars, but that's like a gimmicky costume role. He was good in Willow. So, like, having him come back for the show is going to be cool, too. I mean, I'm all for more of this kind of fantasy, right? Like, I like this stuff, so... I I think it might be up your alley. If, uh, if you have Disney+, Plus, I think the movie's on there. Oh, the old movie? Yeah, you know what's funny? I think it came out uh, the year I was born. Yeah, 1988. So that's as old as I am. Yeah, this looks like a really fun, like, Lord of the Rings-style adventure. Uh, I'm really enjoying yeah, I mean, some of the uh, monsters. Movie, but I-, I recommend it, and I'm looking forward to the show. Nice. But also, I think it's amazing that the title text for the show uses the Morbius colors. Like, does it? Why? <laughs> I mean, those are kind of generic colors, though, aren't they? But it's like, it's just strange how, like, there's these trends where every single movie poster has to have, like, blue and orange. Yeah. And we went, like, three years of that, and now it's, like, going into, like, everything has to be black and teal. And it's like, okay, I guess we're doing this for a while. I like the black and teal more than the blue and orange. What are some of your favorite Morbius jokes you've seen? I think... The one that made me laugh the most was uh, a fake article about how Morbius is the top baby name of 2022. Oh, that was good. I like the simple one I sent you earlier. I was like, what is your Morbius name? Your birth month plus your zodiac sign. And it's just more BS. Like all of them. All the options are the same. (laughs) That was good. I like that one. I really liked that bizarre, awkward interview where um, Fubuki-chan interviewed jared leto and it's like they didn't tell jared leto what he was looking at so the entire interview he's trying to process like why is this cartoon character talking to me Mm -hmm. and he doesn't say anything like he's just like he sits there in silence and he's like i'm sorry i'm I'm just trying to process uh well it's like (laughs) i love that because i i found that and i sent it to you going well cameron will love this because he thrives on cringe and you were like oh i saw that yesterday i showed it to my parents i was like you beat me to it but what's really funny about that is I know Jared Leto does, like, do the method acting thing. And so the fact that he's, like, talking to someone who's basically method acting as a cartoon character and is just so confused, I think is really funny. Yeah, on a meta level, it's kind of hilarious that he had trouble rolling with it. I I feel like I am aware enough of VTubers that if I had to do an interview with a VTuber, I would be able to be in character in a way to bounce off of the kind of things they're going to say. Yeah. And it's like they did not give him any heads up and he didn't do any research. And he is utterly confused. It's amazing. Which is weird because I feel like no matter how big you get as a celebrity, like if you're like, hey, you're going to do an interview and a lot of people are going to watch it, you'd be like, I should probably at least Google the person's name. Right? I would imagine... I, I again I don't work in the industry I'm not a professional but I feel like that's what I would do um if I was going to be on the Stephen Colbert show I would probably watch a couple episodes 
from like that week and figure out what the tone is and like what he's going for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I watched uh, um, those hot ones interviews, right? Where they eat the hot sauce, yeah. the, the wings. And like, there's definitely people that come on there like they clearly did their homework because they know which ones are fucked up. And then there are others who are like, I've never seen this show. I thought it would be, you know, my publicist set it up and I'm here. And it's like, you're going to be eating. Like, you would think you would maybe want to like, I wonder what I'm going to be eating. Like, that's a kind of a an active gimmick, right? For an interview. It, it just kind of blows my mind how like ill-prepared some people are for things. Also, there's a part of um, that specific interview that I really liked is that that's like my favorite VTuber anyways, is the Fox. Oh, yeah. So the fact that it was like my favorite one that I've been like watching for a while. It's like, how did she get a Jared Leto interview? That's amazing. The VTuber stuff's interesting. I've seen I've seen the shark one like Gura or Gara. I can't. However, it's yeah. Hit. Um, and she's funny. She's fun. Like, I, I, I get the appeal. I don't watch it i've seen like some clips of it it's like oh yeah this is entertaining i saw someone um paint a, like a garage kit of her build and paint it and that was kind of interesting i feel like the guy that painted it took a lot of weird unnecessary steps and then like you get to the you know the the chest and the and the shorts and the crotch and stuff and you're like wow you're spending a lot of time painting this anime character's ass it's a little uncomfortable but yeah i like to watch um excerpts and like little clips i don't think i've ever watched more than five minutes of a vtuber yeah, it's kind of like a one note uh, anime cutesy thing. But I follow like multiple Twitter accounts that just share like the good clips. There you go. So I'll catch these. Get the, uh, get the my curated content. With... Oh, what? You get that curated content. Yeah. Um, That curated is the best way to experience VTubers. Uh, I think my favorite with uh, I think Fubuki. I don't know. Is that her name? Am I pronouncing it wrong? I have no idea. The Fox, um, there was an episode where she was streaming Animal Crossing. And in Japan, the well, there's a character in Animal Crossing that's a sheep, but the sheep is colored and wears clothes that kind of make her look like a hamburger. Oh. And in Japan, her name is Wendy, which is cute. And that villager just showed up on the Fox's island. And so she's like, like oh, Wendy, uh, she just came back from America. Wow. And the whole episode, it's like she's just like daydreaming about America, and and so she like went to the store and bought an American lawn chair, like they have in America, and got a Stars and Stripes Freedom letterhead, and wrote a letter to Wendy saying like you know like welcome to my island, a USA hamburger country, wow, and sent her the patriotic lawn chair. And um, someone in the in the chat room said Wendy is named after. A fast food chain in America that sells good hamburgers, and she's like, "What? what? Wendy's? Wendy's Burger?" And so she brings up the Japanese website for Wendy's, and like the it devolves into her just reading the menu and going like, "Wow, look, look, it's so big! <laughs> wow, like, oh, look at this!" And, and it's like the entire like it just devolves immediately into like this whole <laughs> like, "What? The bun is just decoration." Look at all the meat. It, it's like it, it's like like seven hundred yet. What? How they do that? Why they they have it in Japan? Wow, hamburger USA. Wow, it's <laughs> the cutest video. So seeing um, her interview Jared Leto is like mind blowing. Yeah, I bet. I know the one with girl though. Like, 
apparently there was this long thing she was doing. I think it was with Mario Kart, and then she eventually like competed in some big tournament with a bunch of other VTubers and pulled like third place and was like super happy. And I guess if you like follow that arc, you know, it was like you get you, she did a lot of streaming of her playing the game and getting good at it to playing in the tournament and actually doing pretty well. And I know like if you're into that thing, you you know that you have a, a narrative there that was probably pretty fun to watch. Like I get it. Uh, I just would prefer the highlight clips like you did. Like that to me yeah. seems the best way. But there's entertainment to be had. Yeah. I would rather watch a VTuber than, like, most of the other Twitch streamers, like Ninja or something. Like, I feel like I, I get nothing out of watching that, whereas at least the VTuber guy, people are, like, acting, and, and there's, like, I don't know. The, I, the, the cute anime aesthetic is fun. Like, I feel like there's, like, less bullshit involved. Like, I know what you're trying to sell me, and I know why I'm here. Like, the, this is a transparent uh, marketing exchange, whereas, like, if I'm going to watch Ninja... I don't know that I, I I just I don't trust that as much for whatever reason. Yeah, I only watch uh, two streamers, and only one of them I actually watch him streaming like games. The other guy, I will watch clips of him going on rants where he like explains like an essay thesis statement because he's kind of smart and he's articulate. So like he'll discuss what's wrong with Warcraft, but also specifically outline the multiple changes they could make that would course correct it. Oh, cool. And he'll debate people about it. And it's like informative, but I won't watch him actually play Warcraft. <laughs> like I just sure. I don't get into that. So Cameron. Yeah. We're drinking tonight. Yeah. And it's Memorial day weekend. And apparently you went to a star Wars convention. I did. I want to hear about it. Okay, so um, I had fun. It was a two-hour drive, and then I spent two hours trying to get parking and then walking five blocks to the convention center. And I saw one panel about non-Kenner prototype uh, collectibles. So, like, they had... Uh, you know that big Chewbacca mug? You've probably seen, like, that big mug where it's, like, a sculpted Chewbacca face. Yeah. So they had the original mold of the guy that uh, sculpted that face. And they had, like, the original mold that they sculpted for, like, the, the vitamins. Um, You know how they make those vitamins, like the chewables? I imagine they, like, press it into a mold. Well, they, the mold, like, the sculpt for the mold, it's actually bigger than the box of vitamins. Like, it's, it's big. And they sculpt it that way because it's a lot easier. And what they'll do is that they'll, like, they'll press a mold of it. And they'll use a material that will, like, shrink as it dries. And they just do that several steps until they have the vitamin size. That's so weird. that's how they design those shapes, is they literally sculpt something that's, I want to say, like, seven inches big. Wow. And shrink the mold down to vitamin size. Like, I, that's just super fascinating to me. That is crazy. Yeah, what else did they cover? They had so many things. Um, I actually kind of spurred out at one. I got excited. Uh, they had the original, um, <clears throat> uh, so part of when episode one came out, they did this thing. Let me send you the picture. Uh, Star Wars had a cross promotional thing with the Pepsi company where Taco Bell, KFC and Pizza Hut were all promoting the movie. 
And there was even like crossover commercials where like Colonel Sanders and the Chihuahua and a pizza delivery girl are like on Naboo or something together. And it was this big thing. And the theming was every restaurant had its own planet. So Pizza Hut was Coruscant and KFC was Naboo and Taco Bell was uh, Tatooine. And so the Tatooine, like the kids meal, it was all pod racers and like Watto and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. At KFC, you could get a frisbee bucket topper, and it was like a weird soft foam uh, frisbee that you could put over your KFC bucket to keep your chicken fresh. And it's the worst thing ever. Like it's so weird. It's like soft and gross, kind of. And we still have ours because over the years, it still smells like KFC. And it's kind of just funny to us that it still smells, so we hold on to it. <laughs> it's like, it is the worst collectible, but it's also like, you know, if we put it in the back, it kind of acts as this, like, back centerpiece on our Star Wars shelf, so it's funny. And it's this, like, conversation piece. Like, oh yeah, it still smells like chicken, look. And so, they had the original uh, sculpt press that they used to print those. And the guy brought it up, and he was like, I bet no one in this room even remembers this. But I'm sitting in my chair, like, spazzing out, going, like, I have that one! That's the one I have! (laughs) And so afterwards, I went up, and I told the guy, yeah, I still have mine. And uh, and he had a bunch of questions, and I was telling him, like, yeah, it's still, like... Because the the foam they used, you think it would deteriorate. But it's not, like, it's not crumbling for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's the paint is so thick that it holds it together... Or if it's the chicken grease, because yeah, they they didn't give it to a sealed like it's supposed to have a bag, <laughs> but for some reason our our restaurant, um, they were opening them all and just putting them on the buckets and like tainting all of them that way, and he just found that super fascinating. So he ended up with a a new story for his dumb collectible that he didn't even know if he wanted. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, it it was a really insightful little panel in like a weird way. Oh, they had uh, these interesting prototype posters uh, for the first movie. And this is when, like, they weren't sure how to market it yet. And this slogan is the weirdest thing. Uh, Okay, so imagine a poster where it's just, it's big and white. And there's a little Star Wars logo, but above it in big text, it just says, A younger you in just two hours. I get what they're going for. But yeah. my immediate thought is like, well, someone's getting sexually assaulted. I mean, it's just, it feels like, you know, is, is this for medicine? Is this pills? It's just creepy. It's so creepy. It's strange. Um, a lot of, like, toy previews. I was mostly there for toys and collectibles. Um, I like these, like, there's this Black Series figures where it's Obi-Wan and Darth Vader based on the original Ralph McQuarrie painting. Oh, interesting. Um, are you familiar with that painting? No, but like Obi-Wan clearly looks different in this. Yeah, let me look that up. They, they feel a lot more like samurai inspired. I know that like, there was samurai inspiration and in, in, like how they were fighting and whatnot, but just like their clothing. Uh, yeah, feels more so, like that. Um, when, when George Lucas was first trying to pitch Star Wars, he pitched it. And no one was going for it. And he realized that he didn't have enough visual components to, like, illustrate some of the weirder concepts. Because he was, like, getting hung up on, like, describing visuals. And it was killing the presentation. Mm. So he went to uh, Ralph McQuarrie and had him paint up scenes. And this is one of the more iconic ones that kind of, like, it sticks with you. 
and it's like a cool a laser sword fight with this big villain character that looks like Darth Vader. And there's like weird angles and the the lightsabers look like flashlights with like translucent light coming out of them. Like it's a little different than the end result of the effect. But this painting has become so iconic even though it's 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 a loose concept art, but it's almost more important than actual concept art at this point. Sure. Um, like this visual style is actually what Disney used for the Rebels cartoon. It like you you could see that like Darth Vader's helmet looks different in the cartoon and the lightsabers look funny and it's because they're trying to emulate this art style a little bit. That's awesome. Um Oh, yeah, and originally like uh Han Solo and Chewbacca were basically the same character. It was just like it was a smuggler that was a weird alien. Um, C-3PO used to have these like weird little buggy eyes, but, uh, the, these toys going off of the painting design, it's like super interesting to think about. Yeah. These are really um, just a lot of really cool collectibles. Oh, this, this is a new like Darth Vader helmet where it actually like, it's all the separate pieces to oh, scale. Wow. So it's like, it's practically a movie prop. So is any of this stuff for sale, or was this just for, like, prototypes? Like, it will be for sale one day, but probably, like, as a lottery, because everyone's going to want one, and they're only going to make 400 Um, No, these are going to be, like, regular for sale, but probably this December. Okay. Um, But, yeah, the, yeah, Black Series, they, they sell those at Target. Um, I'm scanning through my pictures real quick. I don't have a whole lot to really talk about. It was a fun show. Um, I did enjoy going, but it was also weird how, like, I didn't spend that much time there, and I still managed to fit so much in. Oh, that's cool. Boba Fett on his, like, throne or whatever. Yeah, but Japanese. I was gonna say, that also reminds me of, like, samurai stuff. I like the yeah, skull up top, Yeah, this is from a line too. of toys that are all, uh, it's samurai-themed. Nice. Um, yeah, actually, I have more of those if you're interested. That's not a good picture. Some of my pictures didn't turn out. You know what? I love my smartphone, but sometimes I just sort of trust it to take a good picture and I don't review it as closely as I should. And they come out super blurry for some reason. Oh, mine. Yeah, that happens with mine too. But my phone's a pile, so. Oh, look at a little samurai Mandalorian man. That's kind of cute. This baby Yoda. Yeah, I really like that Gamorrean guard. He kind of looks cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got that, like, old feudal Japan era design to it. Well, we're at a half hour. Do you mind if uh, I go yeah. throw a, another splash of booze in my glass? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'll be right back. Listen to that, uh, that intro clip if you want while I'm gone. I will. And everyone else can listen to this, uh, the first trailer from Star Wars and reminisce. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. It's a 
big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. It's an epic of heroes. Villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. Star Wars, a billion years in the making. And it's coming to your galaxy this summer. I am back. I, I'm sorry, I was listening to that clip. It's like, I, I forgot how much fun it was to do that. It turned out pretty good. I want to find an excuse to do more voice work because it's just fun to do. Like, I, I don't have to be good at it. It's I'm not looking for, like, actual, like, paid work. I just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy with the power-up sound effect well, in that. And I, I'll send you a, a file of that. Maybe you can throw it in here to fill the silence, or we can throw it at the end or something. I think people will get a kick out of it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it might be fun. Uh, but I think that's kind of all I have to say about Star Wars. It was a fun weekend. They announced a lot of fun stuff, but not on the day I was there. So I wasn't like part of that. It was, uh, I will say one thing. It was kind of surreal because it's the same convention center that they host BlizzCon in. And the last time I was there at BlizzCon was the year they announced that Diablo phone game and the battle debacle. So it was just kind of surreal because every room sort of felt like, oh, I remember I was here (laughs) when that one thing happened. And oh, this was the room where they had that other panel and no one showed up. And like, it it was just, uh, I couldn't shake the BlizzCon memories from the architecture. Yeah, I, I, I that uh, that's understandable. I actually remember we talked about that on this show when that happened. Oh yeah, I think so. Um, but that's all I have to say about Star Wars Celebration twenty twenty two. What uh, what have you been up to this weekend? So I actually had the whole week off. Um, we were supposed to go on vacation to Kentucky to do a bunch of uh, bourbon tours and eat a bunch of food and kind of do some touristy stuff down there. But uh, the Saturday, we were going to leave on Sunday. The Saturday prior, um, my mom had a bit of a health scare. It seems like it was due to some uh, medication. I said due to. Uh, due to some medication she's on uh, for her heart. Um, anyways, her blood pressure spiked. And we kind of were on that iffy, like, God, should we go? What if this happens while we're on the road? What if this happens while we're in there and we have to go to the ER? Uh, so we canceled and we're able to get you know all of our funds back. Uh, so then it's like, well, I got a whole week off. Um, what do we do? And then my cat peed in my bathtub at some point prior to this, and so like I was kind of freaking out, going because I'm like, oh my god, is my cat developing a UTI or is he just an asshole? Seems like he's just an asshole, which checks out. He's a cat, but like so we had these two big things. 
uh, right before, and then so we're like, okay, let's we'll cancel it. That's fine. Everybody seems to be healthy. It was just kind of a, a one-off thing, so everything's good. But five days off. What do we do? So one of the days we decided to drive down to Harmony, Minnesota, because they have a distillery there. And so we're like, well, we can still like in the spirit of booze, we can still enjoy booze. Actually, one of the first things I did is I went to to the local grocery store and I bought a fifty dollar bottle of bourbon that I've had my eye on for a bit called the burning chair, which is actually made in California. It's pretty good. It's very like vanilla heavy in flavor. It's nice and smooth, tastes really good with a couple drops of water. So I I do recommend that. And that's something you should be able to find cam. If you feel like uh, splurging on nice liquor, uh, it sounds like a nice treat. So we go to harmony and, um, there's really nobody there. We kind of just walk in. There's a guy at the bar and we're like, hey, we're, we're kind of here to taste some stuff and kind of hang out a bit. And he was a little little like, I don't know about this. And then we're like, well, we're going to order some flights. And, you know, do you want to just tell me us, tell us about your spirits? And he turned out to be a really fun conversation. So we talked to him for like an hour just about booze and about fishing and cars and just all kinds of fun stuff. And we sampled basically everything they had, uh, liked all of it. We didn't buy anything because Minnesota laws when it comes to selling liquor are stupid. So like they could only sell like half bottles and they were like 25 bucks. He's like, or you could go to a liquor store down the street and buy like full bottles for $30 and you get twice as much. Um, we didn't, we ended up not doing that, but like the next bottle of liquor I get, I'll probably get one of theirs because their whiskey is really good. Their bourbons are decent, but for whatever reason, I really like their whiskey. So that was fun. It's like, Hey, look, we kind of did this. Um, Monday, Tuesday, roll around. My brother actually worked. He had some projects going on. I hung out with my parents a bit. We went hiking. Uh, I cleaned the shit out of my house. It's been kind of like sort of making a, the best of a bad situation, right? But at the same time, like, I'm such a fucking recluse anyways that, like, this wasn't the worst thing that could happen to me. Uh, my house needed to be deep cleaned anyways. So one of the hikes we went on uh, was kind of through this uh, local park through Bit of like, I don't want to call it swampland, but you know, a lot of still water, trees. And uh, we were walking along, we find some fucking geese. And they're just in the middle of the path with their little baby goslings. And it's like, well, either we go around them or we turn around. And so we approached them. And of course, they were getting kind of mad about that. And uh, it's kind of crazy how big geese are Like when you get close to them. Oh, like, they're, they're big birds. A, they're a fucking good sized bird. And when they start like hissing at you and flapping their wings a bit, you're like, oh, this little bastard means means business and he's not so little. So we ended up turning around before they got really mad. But like, I have a goose story now, so that's funny. Like, ran, ran into some angry geese. I, I finally get to say I did that. So that was fun. Um, On Friday, we went to another distillery. Uh, this one was in Baraboo, Wisconsin, so we're staying local. It's about an hour and a half away. And we did kind of the full shebang there. We went on a tour. We did a tasting. We ate food because they had like a really nice restaurant in the distillery. And we ended up walking out with some bourbon and some other stuff. They had like uh, bourbon-infused toffee. That was really good. So we walked out with a bag of that. And it's been a... It's been a nice weekend. Um, I'm drinking some of the bourbon I got from there. It's their cask strength, 116 proof, uh, just straight out of the barrel. Uh, it was $80 for this, but I figured I was going to spend at least $200 on bourbon in Kentucky, if not more, because I wanted to get like a good bottle from every distillery we went to. 
And since that didn't happen, I didn't feel super guilty going, well, fuck it, I'll just buy some good stuff yeah. here. It's vacation. It's really good. Yep. The cool thing about, like, the Driftless Glen stuff, actually, like, we got a bit of their history, so I don't know if you know this, because I didn't, but Maker's Mark got sold to, I think, a Japanese company, like, back in 2006 or 2008. And uh, some of the people working there were, like, not really comfortable being like this is an extremely american thing like bourbon is a made in america that's like how you know it's bourbon like that's like the definition like cognac is made in france right it's one of those things um so he left uh maker's mark and he started going to other distilleries and helping them not so much with their product but like with their branding and and uh marketing and trying to get them kind of hey you're you're local now you're global you know, working his magic there. So, like, Driftless Glen is apparently in quite a few states. I think, like, at least half of them and then a couple other countries. So you might be able to find their product on your shelf. And they make a really, really good bourbon for, like, 35 bucks. Uh, I really like it. It's definitely one of my go-tos now if I want something in that price range that I know is just going to taste nice. And one of the reasons I found out is when they make it, there's like a, a process that I guess when you're when you're messing with the grains and the and the whatevers, um, you get like a sweet part and you get kind of a, like the drier part. And typically most distilleries are gonna reuse both parts and either mix them or make blends or whatever, but Driftless basically just saved the sweet part. And so their whiskeys and their bourbons, they'll have like a really nice, um, kind of bright sugary there's no sugar in it but there it is a sweeter bourbon than a lot of the other ones it's not as it's not as spicy it's not as peppery and i really like the sweeter bourbons where you can really taste like maple and and apple and and caramel and all those like really kind of candy-ish flavors and so all of theirs have that to some degree even their really really strong stuff is like really bright and spicy or not spicy really bright and sweet on the front end and then you get some of that like bolder alcohol taste on the swallow and so this stuff's been really fun because normally really overproof bourbon is like, it hits you in the chest a bit. And this doesn't do that. This is like really smooth for how uh, strong it is. So that was cool. And the guy like, when we did the t uh, tasting, he's like, normally like some places they'll pick out stuff for you. Here's all our products. You get to pick five and I'll go through them and I'll tell you a bit about them. And then you can say if you want it or not. So like we got to really tailor the tasting to what we wanted to possibly purchase so, like, my brother likes gin, so we tried some of the gin, right? Like, um, my mom likes uh, some of the more, like, flavored things. Like, they had, like, a lemon-infused vodka, so she tried that. And uh, it was it was just a really kind of low-key fun time uh, because the distillery itself is, like, not very big. And so, and so there's only four of us. They let us get, like, pretty close to some of the equipment. You could go up and, like, touch, like, the giant still. Like, he's like, yeah, other places ain't going to let you do this, but, you know, who cares, right? Go put your hand on it. You're not going to break it. Um, so it, it turned out to be like, it wasn't, it wasn't Kentucky, but we still got to like kind of hang on to the spirit of what we wanted to do. Well, also staying at home, I slept in so much. I played with my cat a lot. We watched a shit ton of movies. Like it was a really nice weekend, but like, I guess that's the, the two bourbon trips kind of distilled down in, you know, 15 minutes. Sounds like you've made good use of your time since your plans changed. I think so. Honestly, I don't I like big know cities. So. Um, I, when I was last in Minneapolis, I think I mentioned this when we went to that Godsmack concert. Uh, I talked about that. 
I was like kind of like I just not used to it. Like the buildings are so damn tall. There's so many people. There's no trees or grass anywhere. And it's like this feels like really stifling. And Louisville, Kentucky is I want to say two or three times as big. And so I was a little nervous going to like an even bigger city. And I'm not like upset that that didn't happen. Whereas I think Baraboo, Wisconsin has like 12,000 people. So I guess I want to ask, like, what, what was your favorite of, of the, the different things you sampled? What really stands out the best? Like, if uh, you could only pick one. Well, obviously the stuff I'm drinking was, like, the one I picked while I was at the store, right? But... I guess one of the reasons I picked that is because I knew I could only get that there. I had never seen that in any of the liquor stores nearby where I've seen a lot of their other products. Um, honestly, I was really, really impressed with Harmony's whiskey, which was funny because typically I don't drink a lot of just flat whiskeys. And to make their whiskey, they basically watered down their bourbon to an 80 proof because their bourbon is like 90 proof and they just bring it down to 80 and then they call that their whiskey. And... I know the the guy behind the bar, like he obviously he, he liked it, but he was like, you know, if you're gonna get one of our products, you should get the. He's like, I like these more, but their whiskey was so damn pleasant. Like it had it had that kind of sweetness to it. It was really refreshing. It didn't have, it didn't like hit your stomach weird. Like it just, it was nice, and you could mix it if you wanted to, or you could drink it straight. You could throw some ice in it, like. Because some of the really nice, like, bourbons and stuff I buy, like, I don't want to mix. Like, like this isn't for cocktails. That would be weird. Whereas this, you could just do whatever you wanted with it and you wouldn't feel bad. And I think I think that Harmony Whiskey is kind of, a, like, a, a low-key highlight of the, of the week. Is It just, something about it really struck my taste buds as, like, this is a really good whiskey. I find that believable because whiskeys tend to have a lot more like depth to explore in mm-hmm. my experience. I, I think whiskey and wine are the kind of thing where you really want to refine your palate. Yeah. Uh, cause there's a lot to appreciate once you can dissect the flavors cause they get complicated mm-hmm. and there's other stuff like vodka and tequila. Those can have like high quality, low quality, but whiskey is kind of special. Yeah. The whiskey bourbon family, I guess. And, I know, like, bourbon, like, I, I hear that as, like, it's the older cousin kind of thing, because it's typically a higher proof. It's got a much, like, stronger flavor to it. And it's another one, like, if you refine your palate, you can really taste a lot of stuff. But I've gotten better at that. And even then, like, I can look at, like, the tasting notes to the to the burning chair that I bought, and I can find some of it, but not all of it. Like, there's apparently, like, toasted apples in there. And I was like, I don't fucking taste apples in this. I taste the vanilla, like, pretty strongly. That's cool. I like that. I taste like a bit of the caramel and there's some other kind of spices I can maybe make out, but only after I read that they're there, right? Like, and so it's like, do I really taste them or or do I think I do it because I know they're supposed to be in there? Whereas other bourbons I've had, like I can really, really taste everything. Um, When it comes to that whiskey, I think it was less that there was lots of fun little hints of stuff and more that like it had a whiskey flavor or I really liked and it did it really, really well. And sometimes... So there's like, it was like a no frills whiskey, but then the thing it did, it did exceptionally well. Like the one thing it needed to do. And I appreciate that, right? Because it's like, it's not pretentious. It's just like, here's a really good whiskey. Yeah. And that's worth appreciating. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we did end up watching Dune, which was really good. That was fun. I think uh, I think that's maybe on our list of things to talk about now. I do want to buy the book uh, probably sometime this week and then read that. Oh, yeah. You haven't read the book yet. I, Not yet. I wonder what watching the movie will do to shape your feeling of the book. But at the same time, Dune became this kind of pop culture thing where I think we already crossed that threshold even before this movie came out. Yeah, one of the, honestly, one of the fun things about watching that movie was seeing like certain references uh, from other stuff that turned out like to be a Dune reference, like the uh, episode of SpongeBob where they're going against the Alaskan bullworm, and Sandy picks up a sign. He's like worm sign, and then they like say that like three or four times in quick succession in the Dune movie. And I was like, oh my god, that's from Dune. That's so fucking funny. Or in uh, Gravity Falls, there's like the pain hole, and he's like, what's inside? pain and he sticks his hand in the hole and it really hurts and like oh that's from dune like uh honestly yeah, like, I think- it's it's reached um public consciousness in a way that i think for some people they don't even realize it so it's like yeah no we were already past that mm-hmm. um for sure i i think uh something that you might pick up in the book whether or not you picked up from the movie but it's like dune is kind of the sci-fi version of lord of the rings where it's this point where it inspired a lot of other works. And so a lot of things come back to concepts that are in Dune. Like there's parts of Dune that are Star Wars and there's parts of it that are Warhammer. And there's parts of it that are uh, even Star Trek. Like stuff just kind of comes up. Yeah. In the same way that like for some reason, every like fantasy game has to be a fellowship of a human dwarf and elf. Like uh, it just it, that's the law. That's what fantasy is. Yeah, I, I definitely get that impression. I know um, the Foundation series by Asimov is, I think, a decade older than Dune's. I was definitely looking for, like, Asimov stuff in the movie, too. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot other than, like, the scale. I think Asimov, when it comes to, like, sci-fi, I want to say he was one of the first people to be like, yeah, and, like, sci-fi isn't just, like, a couple of alien planets. You're not just on Mars and Venus or whatever. Like, it's this giant concept of like thousands of planets and billions of people everywhere. And you know, there's aliens and we're at war and shit like that. Like, uh, I think he's the first one to do that. So there was definitely that. And then just the politics stuff. Cause the foundation books are really just about space politics. And Dune is definitely about space politics. And the uh, beginning of it really reminded me of, like, kind of the beginning of the Game of Thrones. And so it's like, oh, I think I'm seeing, like, seeds of Dune in A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, And so I'm excited to read that book just to see where it spread to. Because, like, when I read Lord of the Rings, it was sort of like, oh, like you said, every fantasy book kind of stole something from Lord of the Rings. Sorry, I'm asking. I'm answering that question. Uh, no, I think you're very right, though. That uh, even non-sci-fi stuff kind of takes a certain amount of inspiration just with how the politics are handled. I I kind of wonder sometimes, like if uh, if this one book didn't become popular, it would affect so much other things <laughs> that it's like, oh, you know what? Um, uh, that one movie. That never got made. That Jodorowsky version of Dune. Yeah. Uh, all the storyboard stuff and the concept art. Like that stuff got made before the movie got picked up. 
and that stuff got spread around Hollywood and ended up getting used in a lot of movies. So there's literally uh, there's stuff in Alien that comes from a Dune concept uh, art session. Yeah, I think you bought me that movie because I have it. Um, did you watch it? Yes, I watched it with my brother a, a year or two ago. It was really, really okay, fun. Good. I honestly, um, um, yeah. There's actually, yeah. Oh, my neighbor who he loves sci-fi. And I have to like bring that to him. And be like, dude, you need to watch this. You're gonna fucking like really enjoy it because there's just awesome stuff in here. And like you said, like that movie was a weird train wreck, but so much of the stuff that went into it went elsewhere. And it's like, hey, you like Alien? You can thank Yardowski's Dune. And there's a couple scenes in this new Dune that I feel like they use the storyboards from the Jodorowsky one, which I thought was a cool nod. It was funny hearing him talk about it and just sort of like he went like Paul is this like Jesus Christ figure and he's going to like cast his son and his son's going to take ninja lessons so he can do the fight scenes better. And you're like, what the fuck is this book about? And then you like watch it and you're like, oh, actually, like. I really like how they handled Paul and like where he was and where he sat in this uh, story. Like I wasn't sure what to expect because the way uh, that documentary described Yardowski's like version of it, it's like, is this some weird young adult thing or is this like an actual adult sci-fi book? I don't know what to take away here. And it's like, Oh, it's actually a bit of both, uh, which is cool. I think the casting is good. Uh, in the in this recent movie, I don't think anybody stood out as weird. Like everything kind of worked, at least for me. It was fun noticing certain people and be like, "Hey, it's that guy." Yeah, there's a little bit of that, but I, I think everyone was like stayed in the rules pretty well. The roles. Yeah. But we're at 52 minutes. I guess there's a bit of dead air. I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's anything else this weekend I could talk about. Um, we did watch. Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. So I'm making. We're still making our way through the old Disney movies. Oh yeah. See, I I would have. I think I would have skipped Peter Pan. Like I know the point of this is to like go through them, but also I would have skipped that one. <laughs> so we skipped Dumbo because no one wanted to watch or gave a shit about Dumbo, and none of us could remember Peter Pan enough to be like, "Is this worth skipping?" I thought it might be kind of fun because I know it was based off of some stuff. And Peter Pan was definitely one of the weaker of the movies we've seen, which is hilarious because it's got the most, like, coherent actual narrative structure. Like, Snow White and the Seven Doors doesn't have much of a plot structure. Like, that movie is so weird, and Bambi is just, like, a slice of life, but it's a deer, right? Like, some of those early Disney movies are, they're showcases for animation and they're showcases for music. And the narration itself or the narrative is, like, kind of second fiddle like it's like they hadn't figured it out yet and so this one's like oh this has a beginning middle and an end and everything makes sense there's the big climax at the end and like it's how i would expect a movie to be the character writing kind of sucks uh there's no there's no real lesson no one learns anything there's no major themes i mean there are but they're not like capitalized on very well uh it's a really weird movie because it's technically like it functions, but it feels like it's two hours when it's an hour and 20 minutes and none of the characters except Wendy are like re redeemable. We were talking about uh, that Chippendale movie. Yeah. Because that came out. So I, I don't know if it, it's on Disney Plus. 
And I kind of skimmed through it and I listened to some reviews and it's like, I really can't sit down and watch it. Like it, it's so, I don't like it. It's so soulless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the weirdest part is that they made the villain Peter Pan and his backstory is that he was like a child actor that grew up and his life fell apart. And that's what made him evil, which is kind of weird because like I was informing you guys, I guess you didn't know this, but the child actor that played Peter Pan uh, like he never got work after that and his life fell apart and he died of a drug overdose and it's like did they intentionally make fun of his life falling apart for this chip and dales movie like they could have picked any character why do that yeah that's really weird and i didn't know any of that so you're like telling me this and it's like that seems really callous and then uh, this is overall be watching a version of ugly sonic be in this movie which was also really soulless and just kind of mean it was, I think the ugly Sonic is the best part in the movie. Like, that's the only part where they get close to a genuine joke. And even that is a little weird. Um, I think there's a joke in there, but it's also a little depressing in a weird way, too. Like, I, I don't know. It, uh, <laughs> it's, this is no Roger Rabbit. Some people are comparing this to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and it's like, no, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was a movie that you could watch. Yeah. It wasn't like a weird uh ready player one lesser cousin like what the fuck is this so that was my sad space was the chippendales movie yo i think um of the disney movies we've watched so far i think cinderella is my favorite and that has like structural issues like some of the other ones but at less so and there was something really charming and whimsical about that movie like this like extended like Tom and Jerry sequence in it with the mice and the cats trying to like steal stuff so they could make uh, a better dress for Cinderella and just excuse me. Um, some of the songs were like really fun. I don't know, like that movie really stands out as like I had a really good time watching that one. So I, I might, I'm kind of tempted to like do a tier list or rank all these once I'm done. But at the rate we're going, it's gonna be a while because there are a lot of Disney movies. Um, am I supposed to do my glad space? You can do your glad space. I think I said it earlier, but I, I really just want to emphasize how uh, how great these Morbius jokes are. I, they just make me happy. Um, did you see the official uh, KFC <laughs> Twitter? No. <laughs> they they tweeted um. Uh, it's Morbin time with a picture of Colonel Sanders turning into Morbius. Oh, hell yeah, that's great. And that's it's dumb. Like, I, I just, I love how stupid and, and amazingly big this has gotten. Like, it's so, um, like the Rotten Tomato scores, right now the tomato meter is at 203% positive, And the audience score is 142% positive with a 1 trillion verified ratings. Jesus. Because so many people are watching and positively reviewing the movie. Do you think we'll watch it at some point? Um, honestly, I'll, I probably will. Um, I listened to Doug Walker's review. He's the nostalgic critic. And he liked it. Which to me is almost a red flag. Because it looks like a rather uninspired movie. But I really liked Venom. And other people were less impressed with Venom. 
And so maybe I'll enjoy this the same way he did. I just don't expect to. I liked Venom as well. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll both like it. But I'm really enjoying this ironic shitposting about it. So I know, like, um, I'm going to ask John Luke because I know he really liked Venom and he was kind of the reason why I watched it. And he's like, no, man, Venom's actually a really good superhero movie because it, like, tonally it's just so different and it doesn't take itself that seriously and it's stupid and like the main character is a loser but it all comes together and so i watched that with my friend and we got day drunk and it was great fantastic time and so i'm curious what he thinks of morbius if he'll have that like same things i'm pretty sure he didn't like it but i don't remember i haven't seen this one yet but you know you know that meme format where uh goku and vegeta are fighting and goku says like wait, Vegeta, let's fight somewhere more empty so no innocents will get hurt. And they'll, like, go inside of, like, someone's brain because the joke is that their brain is empty. Yeah. So this is uh, this is the Morbius one where Goku says, let's fight somewhere empty. And then they go to a packed theater and Vegeta says, Kagura, I told you the Morbius midnight showing would be crowded. And Goku says, I didn't believe you were right, Vegeta, but this is a hashtag Morbius sweep. <laughs> I love it. He says, "Let's fight somewhere empty," and they're already in the middle of the fucking desert with no one around. I know it doesn't. It's not even the best meme, anyways. But no, it's still funny. It, it, the the way that <laughs> the way that they do this stuff. Oh man, these are the dumbest jokes, and I can't get enough of them. Or even just like saying it's Mormon time and like pretending that it's catchphrase is like. I'm gonna morb. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen a lot of like that applied to very sexual things, like a Brazzers logo, uh, and that's been pretty entertaining. the The way that lightning struck, like this, is basically a movie so bad that it could have been completely forgotten, but now it's so bad that it's getting more attention than good movies. Yeah, which is crazy. Did it get a sequel? I feel like I heard it did. I don't know if that was a, a lie or not. Oh, I couldn't tell if that was real or not. I know the joke is that the sequel's called Morbius 2, Morbius. <laughs> um, my my joke has been whenever like something comes up on Twitter, I'll say, like, look, I'm just really tired of hearing this. I, I think really we just need less bias in the media and more bias in the theaters now. So Jean-Luc like, said he did see it, but he didn't like it. There's too much Matt Smith. That's fair. I, I don't know. I don't... I, it's uh, Here's the other thing. I like bad movies. I'll watch garbage. I'll watch things <laughs> I don't even like, just because someone told me to, and it's like, oh, I, I want to critique it. I want to... You know, yeah. I, I like the art of filmmaking. I want to uh, dissect things. I want to analyze it. I want to think about it. I want to reflect on it. Nothing about Morbius has made me want to actually spend the time to watch it. Uh, I'm sure when it's on streaming somewhere, it's gonna be like, yeah, why not? But uh, I, even then, it's not like I'm waiting for that fateful day Morbius finally comes to my smart TV. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, there's a whole uh, I the whole thing of like, I feel like I've hit a point where if I'm gonna have an opinion on something, at least a strong opinion, I should like consume it, right? Uh, obviously that you know, there's uh. Some some lines in the sand I won't cross for there, right? Like I I might have like a bad opinion about something I won't watch just because you know fuck that guy or whatever. Um, but with something like Morbius, which I don't really 
care if I financially support that or not. Like if I red box that and don't like it, that's not a, you know, I'm not, I don't mind. Uh, so I don't have a major opinion on Morbius. I haven't seen it. The memes are funny. I think at some point, if it really is, it culturally behooves me to watch it, I guess I will. Like, the worst that's going to happen is I'll be like, well, that was two hours I can't get back, but I'll probably drink while I watch it. So maybe that'll make it fun. Yeah, I will say uh, I promise that if I do see it, I'll give an honest review on the show. I just don't think it'll be soon. Yeah. Though it is coming to Redbox fairly soon, because when we were into Dune, it was like, coming soon, Morbius. And I was like, oh, that's... I don't know if it had a date, but I feel like it's like, that. that's crazy. Like, that movie just came out, kind of. We wanted to watch the Batman, but they didn't have it in stock, so we got Dune instead. And I'm gonna take a wild guess and assume Dune is better, but... Yeah, I'm looking at release dates, and I do not see an announced date yet. Hmm... Um, oh, wait. No, wait, that's not it. So not yet. Uh, the actual Rotten Tomato score is 17%. Uh, it's funny, though. So the the critic review was 17%, and the audience score, I want to say, was 13%. But over the course of this last week, it's gone up to 71%. The... So th- th- there's some meme magic. <laughs> like, I, I, I wonder... I want to know like the uh the boardroom meetings at uh sony where they're trying to figure out like how do we how do we capitalize on this like everyone hates the movie but they love it it's like a love hate thing how do we spin this to our advantage yeah like it lightning strikes how do you keep it in the bottle uh there there's a ticking clock you got to make this work it's uh gonna be on redbox june 14th so that's not too far away june okay you know what yeah i i let me know when you watch it and i might try to watch it and we can uh share notes why not yeah that could be a fun episode we, we got some uh maybe, we got some fun ones in the pipeline maybe it won't be funny by then and we won't want to talk about it and we'll forget that's also possible <laughs> um my glad space is i finished season two of owl house that released this week the final episode of that and I think I've talked about Owl House a little bit before on this show. It's a really good cartoon on Disney. I believe it's on Disney Plus if you have it. But uh, really, it really strong uh, final episode of the season. Ended on a bit of a downer cliffhanger. So, like, if you don't like those and you're like, well, that'll suck to wait, like, six to eight months for the next episode. I mean, yeah, it does. You know, I guess take that however you will. But I'm pretty impressed with what they've done. I know... Season three got kind of cut off at the knees in terms of like episode length. Like they were supposed to get a full season and then they're getting like a third of a season. Uh, A lot of money, politics, Disney shit that I don't, I won't pretend to know all the details about, but that sucks. Uh, They are, however, I think steering into the skid pretty well. Like their writing staff is really good. So despite some of the rush nature of a couple of the episodes in this, this final chunk of the season, like. They're all really still well-written. Like, they managed to make them work really well. So I'm confident that the final season, despite being shorter, will still be quite good. But I'm, I really like where this show is going. I love what they've done with the cast. The animation's gorgeous. The voice acting's great. Like, everything is good. It's a really good cartoon. Um, I'll probably be doing a Warrior Chats episode with Emily on it at some point. So I would say expect that within the next couple weeks. 
And then we might do one on Animorphs as well. So, like, me and Emily have a couple of, like, topics we, we kind of want to dig into. Because I've been reading those again, and that's been fun. So, if you liked uh, hearing us talk about, like, Centaur World and whatever other dumb shit we've talked about, I don't remember. Uh, expect more. It'll it'll be a good time. Yeah, I think that fits in pretty good with the, with the Warrior Chat so far. I think we've only released two, though, haven't we? I think... I think so. I'm, I have two more I can do uh, that are actually about the Warrior Cats books. They're a lot less interesting because unless you like the books, it, it is kind of a lopsided conversation, which is funny, but not my favorite. So whatever we do next on things that I really like, like Animorphs and, and uh, War, uh, the Owl House, we'll be able to have like a really good back and forth dialogue. Like those will, those will edit right away and we'll try and get those up. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, I hope so. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's been a decent week, so I'm I'm glad we ended up getting to do this. It's a little weird doing it on a Sunday and also like drinking more than one drink on a Sunday night, but I don't have to work tomorrow. Yeah, it's a fun holiday weekend. Um, I hope everyone had a nice holiday. This will probably go up a little late, but well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, any closing remarks or should we just wish everyone well i've been like sleeping so hard this week like it's gonna be rough going back to normal where i have to get up at like 6 30 because oh i've been yeah. going to bed only a little later than normal but then sleeping in like an extra hour to an hour and a half yeah it makes a difference doesn't it it's kind of nice well, good night, everybody. Make sure you get your uh, nine hours of sleep that Garfield recommends. Yeah, everybody. Be a cat. Meow. I'm, I'm still not sure. Like, they use Garfield for these, uh, like, sleep health PSAs, and it's like, it doesn't read well because he's notoriously lazy and unhealthy. Right. So it's like, why are you having him instruct people how to sleep? Like, he's not a role model in any other situation or context. I want like I want Superman to instruct me how to sleep. He'll be like hands on hips, elbows out like triangles. Like remember, kids, get your eight hours of sleep and drink plenty of milk for that vitamin D. Also, if you have a masturbation while you sleep, that's okay too. What was, Thank you, uh, Superman. Was that a robot chicken skit or was it a Family Guy skit where like all the women at that work at the Daily Planet were um. They were all diagnosed with breast cancer, and their doctors were saying how, like, the only way they could have gotten this cancer is if they were exposed to x-rays, like, for eight hours a day, and they're trying to figure out what was going on. <laughs> Fuck, uh, that sounds, that sounds like Family Guy in that it's crude, but it also seems way too clever for Family Guy, so I'm thinking it's Robot Chicken. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> At least it made you laugh. Well, I hope everybody had a morbid good time. Yeah, remember everybody, you can morb too. You morb if you want to. You can leave your morbs behind. And if you can't morb, oh, then no if way. you can't I found morb... It. It's on Family Guy. Oh, well, look at that. They did a good one. I was I didn't know the rest of the lyrics to that song, so you saved me. I was just going to start saying morb, 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 morb. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that funny. I... <laughs> I okay you know what that's one thing too like with Venom I kind of enjoyed it for being like a dumb movie and one of the things that made it dumb was that Eminem song where it was like Venom 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 oh Venom. yeah and like <laughs> Morbius doesn't have that 
And it's like, of all the bad things, how'd they end up not without a bad song? Did you know Morbius' favorite food is a tasty orb? Because it's mmm orb. (laughs) (laughs) That one's going on Twitter. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. Have a Morbin good time. I'm Morbin out. Bye, everybody. I'm sorry. (laughs) 